0: My name is Todd Gray. I'm the Executive Director-Treasurer for the Kentucky Baptist Convention, and this is Facebook Live Leadership Lessons. And our guest today is Dale Suttles, President of Sunrise Children's Services. Mm -hmm. Dale's currently having some technical issues. We have him on the phone, and if the video pops up during our time, then we'll get him to switch over to video. But for now, Dale, say hello and welcome. We're we're glad you're with us.
1: Well, hello, Kentucky Baptist. And I know uh, uh, people across the state are – just thinking our good Lord and savior that my fat, my ugly face is not up there and they don't have to look at it for an hour or so.
0: The problem with that is that mine is the only face that's there. You have a cute little green um, icon symbol that's instead of yours. So normally they'd have two faces <laughs> to switch back and forth from, but uh, they have to lock in on me. So let me tell you a little bit about Dale and, and we'll have some time together. Dale is married to Libby. They have two children, Taylor and Matthew. And Dale, do you have grandchildren?
1: Well, you know, it's funny you would ask that. Yes, I've got uh, a brand new grandbaby. I haven't got to see him. He's six months old. I haven't got to see him for about two months. His name is Hank, and he is just, we call him Hank the Tank. He is just awesome. So uh, I can't wait to get, uh, get past this COVID craziness so I can go spend some time with my boy.
0: Dale, how long have you and Libby been married?
1: We've been married about 33 years.
0: Where did you did, me where, out yet? Where and how did you meet?
1: <laughs> well, okay, so this is a really, really uh, cool story, and uh, not a lot of people know this. Um, <laughs> we, we we both were were um, uh, uh, dating some folks, and uh, Libby actually went to uh, Milligan Bible College. I uh, was dating someone, and, and I was dating someone uh, um, uh, at a local church in uh, Lexington, and um, uh, in the old Fayette Mall, I was walking through there one day, I don't know why I was there, <clears throat> and I looked over the jewelry counter at Sears, and I saw this young lady, and I stopped, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and it felt like it felt like it was two hours but it was probably only five seconds, and the hair stood up on my arm. I thought, oh my gosh, who on earth is that, and what is going on here? A week later, someone walks into my office and says, hey, I want you to meet someone, they're gonna be doing a, a practicum from UK here. And um, and it was my wife. Wow! And we both looked at each other and said, what is going on? And we both remembered that moment. And, and and I got to tell you something about my wife, Libby. She is absolutely um, the sweetest person inside and out, uh, the most beautiful person I've ever met. And, um, and I've met a lot of beautiful people, and uh, she has just got the heart of gold, and uh, I've just been so blessed to have her in my life. And that's uh, so that, that's my story about Libby.
0: That's an incredible story. Thank you for sharing it, Dale. It sounds like that providentially God had God had that set up for the two of you to, to get together. Um, Dale, so once again, we're Facebook Live with Leadership Lessons. I'm Todd Gray. We're with Dale Suttles, president of Sunrise Children's Services, and a little technical difficulty on his end to get his his video up and going. But until then, if it gets up during our time, we'll join him by video. If not, we'll talk by, talk by phone. You can text a question to uh, to for Dale. You can text my cell number, 270-889-4276, or you can just hit a comment in the Facebook um, live comment section. And if we can answer your question, uh, we'll try to get to it during our time together. Dale, you mentioned two sons, two children, Taylor and Matthew. Uh, tell us, I yep. uh, understand that Matthew is an important part of your Kind of big picture called a ministry story. Tell us a little bit about Matthew.
1: Absolutely, and, and uh, uh, you know, and I, I told you as we we were talking earlier this week, Brother Todd. I I don't like to talk a lot about myself, um, but certainly the Lord has worked with me and in conjunction of, of guiding me through a process. And at the time you're going through the process, you really don't understand. Uh, but all the parts add up. Matthew, um, Libby, and I had Taylor, and and uh, certainly was was just uh, thrilled to death with him. And um, we we couldn't have any more children. And um, so one day she is, uh, she looks at me and she says, "You ever thought about adoption and uh, fostering?" And I said, "Well, no, I, I don't sit around and think about that all the time." Um, and she said, "Why not?" I said, "Well, because we both work nonprofit, we're both involved with children. Um, I, you know, I feel like we're doing what we can." And uh, she said, "Well, I, I, I think that's awful selfish." And I said, "Well, I, I just." It's just, uh, it's just how I feel, honey. I'm, I'm just telling you. I think, uh, you know, we're getting tailored to the age where we can finally get out a little bit, and, and um, you know, we we'll give him a good life, and, and uh, so that was it. And the next Sunday, we're playing uh, Scrabble after church, and uh, she said, uh, "If you thought anything more about our conversation about fostering," I said, "No, I haven't thought much about it." And she said, "Well, my mother knows of this special situation," and uh, I said, why? why on earth are you bringing your mother involved in this and uh, getting your mom involved in this? And, and one thing led to the next. And and we went to the state of Indiana and went to the DCBS office and met this little boy named Matthew. Mm. Um, he was about eight years old. He was uh, frail. He was skinny. And, um, um, we continued to make those visits and, uh, and uh, we brought Matthew home and did uh, interstate uh, fostering until uh, we got involved with the state of Kentucky. And uh, and and there you go. And uh, Matthew's been a part of our life ever since. Um, it's been a it's been a tough road with Matthew. Uh, Matthew's autistic. Matthew uh, had uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, Matthew was severely delayed in, in many areas. Um, we would go to church and and we would often feel that people would look at us because we couldn't control our kid uh, because he cried constantly. And um, and we continued to work through the process and and, and found out that, that indeed Matthew had been abused and he was going to be severely delayed. And um, we developed a plan and uh, continued uh, to work with him and, and have had him in our life ever since. And he's 22 years old, but, Something special happened when Matthew was six years old, and I'd often thought, um, you know, what was the reason that that God placed Matthew in uh, our lives? Because I, seriously, I didn't think there was anything particularly special about Libby and I. I mean, I, you know, I thought we tried to do the right thing, but I didn't think we were necessarily skilled to take care of a, uh, a child with the kinds of needs that Matthew had and, and continues to have. Um mm-hmm. I was driving a little Hyundai XL, a 1996 Hyundai XL, and I could not find the keys to the car. And I looked and looked and looked. And if you know anything about a Hyundai XL, it was a small car that got great gas mileage, but it was more like a lawnmower with four wheels. (laughs) And um, so I, I could not find my car keys. And Libby finally said, take me to work, take the truck and come back. And this was on Good Friday. Um, I I decided to take a shortcut from Richmond to Lancaster that day, which was a two-lane highway on Good Friday. There was lots of traffic in both lanes, and I looked over to my left, and I saw a pickup truck with a trailer behind it, and it was losing its payload in that lane, and the truck behind it swerved to miss the, the debris and came into my lane, and I had basically three choices. I could go right over a 15 foot embankment. I could go left into oncoming traffic or I could lay my head back and hit head on. And that's exactly what I decided to do. And brother Todd, I laid my head back and I said, thank you, Jesus, because I honestly thought that was it. And uh, when I woke up, I woke up to the UK helicopter landing in that cornfield, uh, to the right. And, um, and I, I had some serious injuries but nothing life threatening had i been in the car i would not have made it uh, the people that hit me was in a ford 250 farm truck mm. and um the woman had massive head injuries and 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 the man had the man who was driving had massive leg injuries and uh, i get home 4 days later and i'm 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 you know setting with my family and Matthew keeps saying, daddy, I'm sorry, daddy. I'm sorry. And finally my mom says, Matthew, your dad's going to be okay. He's here. He's safe. And finally, uh, we say, Matthew, what are you so sorry for? And he says, well, I'm so sorry that I threw daddy's car keys away.
0: Oh my. And,
1: uh, um, and, and it's, and I'm, I've got to tell you that was God's plan that, that, that I had nothing to do with anything other than laying my head back. and and thinking I was, that was gonna be it. And so, uh, you know, as I often tell people, Matthew is my guardian angel. Mm. And because of that experience, um, you know, I I, I think that every child like Matthew, the 10,000 kids in the state of Kentucky that need a home, have a right to have parents, and have a right to prosper, and to have hope, and 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 that's uh that's a lot of who I am is that experience.
0: Yeah, well, that's an incredible story. So it looks like we have the video up now, and now so we're watching you transfer to a camera. And let's make sure we can get your um, get your video up. I'll I'll talk for a second. You may need to shut your phone off. Make sure that your your microphone icon is is unmuted on the screen. And then also, uh, so your video looks good. Um, we good? Yeah. So uh, I can't see what folks are seeing. And when you turn your phone off, Dale, if you turn your, the, the connection that you had on the phone, if you'll turn that off. And I think that'll get us down to, down to one Dale Suttles. Uh, and that's all we need. Well, it's all we need for now. We might might need more later, but, but right now we just need one of you. So if you can go on to that call and turn it off, then, um or your friend can do it for you. We'll okay. get it going. So, Hey, Dale, thank you for sharing a story about, yep. about Matthew. Can you give me a 30 second Unknown
2: participant is now
1: exiting. All
0: right. Now we're in good shape. We got you. Good job. Praise the Lord for technology. Absolutely. You're friend there helping you work through it. Dale, can you give us a 30 second uh, description and definition of, of autism? What is, what is autism?
2: You know, autism, uh, it, 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 takes a lot of different shapes and forms and, and, uh, uh, so on. Um, but, but autism is, is basically a condition that, that, that children have extreme, um, concrete thinking. Uh, if you were to say that if you were to be, uh, mad at your pet, your dog and say, well, I'm going to give that dog something, uh, you know, Matthew would take that as a physical threat to the dog.
0: I see. It's, it's hard. I'm going to give that dog a piece of my mind. That's
2: right. It's that concrete thinking that 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 you know can't distinguish between the abstract and the concrete. Also, many uh, many kids with autism have sensory issues, uh, which means that that they could be hyper and so on. But 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 they need a calming effect. Uh, Matthew uh when he was young we would take him horseback riding and he would do horse therapy we would have certain blankets that that he would rub and it would calm him down um, an autistic kid, and it, it depends upon what uh, what degree of the spectrum you're on, uh, so, some kids can, can go off for really no reason, simply because they are so overloaded from a sensory pers- perspective. Um, and so they need to learn calming techniques, and they need to learn things that, that can work for them. Um okay. Lots of, lots of kids, lots of children out there with, with these conditions, especially Asperger's.
0: So you, you referenced church. So years ago, Amy Simpson wrote a book called Troubled Minds, When Mental Illness Comes to Church. And I would encourage any pastor, um, you may not agree with everything that Amy writes, but the book was a helpful perspective on families that are trying to work through mental illness and have a relationship with a, with a local church as followers of Christ she made a statement, not a direct quote, but she said this, she said, if you're a a church member, if you announce that there's cancer in your family, you get a, you get a casserole. But if you announce that you have schizophrenia, you get left alone because folks just don't know what to do with, with mental illness in, in a church. So folks mean well, I'm sure church where you attended meant well, but you, you said you felt um, you felt kind of singled out with, with Matthew because he had, he, he cried a lot in church. So how was, how that affect your church life as a young family?
2: Well, it, it it was tough because obviously the easiest thing to do is to send in your tithe and authorings and stay at home, uh, keep him safe, keep him out of the environment. Now, uh, brother Todd, you got to know that this was the uh, the the late nineties, and things have come a long way since then. Sure. And uh, but but certainly at that time, uh, you were fearful that your number would show up. And you would have to go get uh, you would have to go get that child, um, and, and people understand people understand uh, more now than than they ever have, and there continues to be research on it. One of the things uh, that's going to happen this month is this is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, right. and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, people don't understand just the scope and work of of the ministries of Sunrise that that we really. Uh, are are on the front lines of mental health every day with our family services, even in our foster care uh, ministries and so on. And uh, one of the things I'm really encouraged about, uh, Brother Todd, is that um, churches can now go uh, to sunrise.org, go online, go to our foster care uh, page, scroll downward, and you will see a lot of foster care training online. But what you will also see, and this is really cool, and i am just kind of go down the list here. You're going to see trainings on, on ministry burnout. Mm-hmm. You're going to see trainings on depression, trainings on suicide, fetal alcohol syndrome, which is something that we dealt with with Matthew. Um, you're you're going you're to see trainings on uh, understanding trauma and understanding uh, children that have behavioral issues. And uh, we get in depth about some of the conditions and, and, and some of the techniques that can be used. Um, certainly, and I've heard it at some of the KBC mission meetings that that uh, Kentucky Baptists will be faced in the church with, with more and more issues uh, with folks who have some sort of mental illness. Um, it, it, it is, uh, it, it's kind of out of the closet now. And uh, it's something that that can change the dynamics of the church if we don't seek help and seek advice.
0: So, Dale, I'm here, and you describe that Sunrise.org. That's the website. Yes. There are a list of resources there that are available to help pastors and churches. And are some of these in a video format where a pastor could show a video on a Wednesday evening service, or even on this uh, this kind of a setting, even a webinar, or Facebook Live, and then have a discussion about that in order to help prepare the church to better minister. Of families that are in the in the home. Yes,
2: we have uh, two pastors devoted. Uh, and we call them directors of of church initiatives, uh, Bruce Treon and Terry Mm Frazier. And uh, they have put together these packages specifically to help uh, churches deal with some of these issues. And so if you go on, you're going to see videos. um, You're going to see a number of videos pertaining to some of the things we're talking about. And uh, it will take you through some step-by-step practical ideas uh, that churches can use.
0: That's super helpful. One more way that Sunrise is adding value to local churches and to pastors. So, Dale, let's talk about your time with Big Brother. So, before coming to Sunrise, you worked for um, Big Brother organization. I'm not sure if it's Big Brother, Big Sister. You can explain that. But you were with them, I think, for about 20 years over uh, a couple different, different stints. So, how, how long were you with the organization, and what were a couple of the roles that you that you served in while you were there?
2: Well, so uh, again, Brother Todd, this this was a way that God was working with me and working on me and working on my heart. Uh, for those experiences as it, as it transfers later on and what I'm doing, but yes, I, I, I was at big brothers, big sisters. I worked a variety of jobs there and this was an organization, uh, that dealt with, uh, children that come from single parent homes, okay. children that have been abused, uh, many, uh, children, uh, within the projects of Lexington, but, uh, also the surrounding counties and, uh, many children that, uh, were in, uh, in situations and, uh, it's my love for mentoring on all levels actually comes from, from this ministry, uh, and, and that's exactly what we called it. it. It was an outreach. We used a lot of churches to uh, uh, train and screen volunteers to see these, uh, see these needy kids um, uh, twice a week. And uh, working with DCBS and working on goal setting for self-esteem and academics, the whole purpose was to use this person Use this volunteer to help us take this kid through a walk of life and get them to the point to where it could be successful. And uh, we were in uh, 16 counties. Uh, we, 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 um, it, it, we had a lot of wonderful volunteers that stepped up from the churches. And that's where we recruited from. Um, so many Baptist from a, churches.
0: From a leadership perspective you uh, providentially you know lots of pastors join and and, and listen during this time uh, providentially god was orchestrating your life in in the meeting the meeting of libby and then libby loved the idea of foster care matthew was formative in in the work that you went on to do with with um with big brother big sister and then it sounds like the work of big brother big sister prepared you for for sunrise um so when you got to big brother big sister what was the condition of the organization this is a nonprofit. And you, when you were called to lead there, what was, what? how were things?
1: Well, uh, you know, things
2: were fine when I was actually out in the field. So I wasn't at the home office and uh, we had a team of, of some really special people that, that uh, were building programs out in different counties, uh, working with different jurisdictions and judges and so on. And, and uh, uh, those, some of those folks have went on to do some really great things, but, um, I was announced as the, uh, as the CEO was moving on, uh, they asked me to step up and take that role. And, um, it's, it's one of those learning experiences and it's one of those things that set me up for what I faced when I came to Sunrise is that when I, when I looked at the books, we had payroll on Friday and I had $3 so and 20 cents.
0: And it's a nonprofit organization, it's with a nonprofit
2: complaints. organization. Well loved, well loved in Central Kentucky.
0: Well, and how many, up. how many employees? Thirty. So this is a multi-million dollar nonprofit.
2: It's it's had a budget of about one point four million dollars.
0: Okay, and you and you said you had three or four dollars in the in the account when it came time for payroll. I think I wished
2: I would have had four dollars. I would have been closer to being able to to make it, and uh, so and we were beloved, and and, and so part of. Uh, part of that process was okay so what do you do you know right. when you when 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 you have someone that has been taking money uh, from an organization and you have an attorney who has been doing an investigation on this person from a prior investigation and no one knows anything about this mm-hmm. what do you do? well let me tell you what you do um, you, you really get down on your knees um, and, and the one thing that I did um, is that, um, you know, I'm always, I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to tell you the way it is. And so I called a, uh, I, knew, I knew folks in the in the media and radio and TV. I got them all in one room. And, I, and then we'll forget it, nine o'clock uh, press conference. And I said, guys, I know you love big brothers, big sisters. Here's what's happened. Mm. And I just laid it all out. And, uh, you know, for me, it's better to rip that mandate off and mm-hmm. then start working on some of the other things. Um, and yep. it was amazing.
0: If I could interrupt for a second. Yes. From a leadership perspective, you, you could have tried to figure that thing out, maybe even cover up to some degree, um, but instead you chose to lean into it, to own it and say, this is where we are and we're gonna figure out how to move, how to move forward. Well,
2: because I, 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 I'm always gonna be truthful. And uh, and I knew it was better to be honest and upfront so that people could buy into the solution. People still love the organization, and uh, th- there 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 was some discrepancies with some groups that we had worked with that kind of dropped the ball too. So, but I wasn't going to get into that. Uh, I just simply said we're going to make this right, and uh, I'll have you know, Brother Todd, that that donations started coming in, and we made that payroll on that Friday, For and.
0: Sure. Credibility in your leadership, integrity in how you were handling things gave folks the confidence that they needed to keep investing in the in the world.
2: Well, and, and you got to have a plan. And yeah. and that's pretty quick turnaround to have a plan. Yeah. Uh, but but we had a plan. We kept our cool. Um, we asked for help and we told the truth. And that's and,
1: excellent.
2: Well, and those lessons, um, everything I have learned, it, it, it brought me up to this moment when 2013 coming to Sunrise.
0: All right, so now from Big Brother, Big Sister to uh, President of of Sunrise Children's Services, uh, how were things when you arrived in the seat at Sunrise?
2: Well, so I was at Big Brother's Big Sister's and and I got tired, uh, just a bit mentally fatigued and uh, thought I'd done what I have needed to do. And uh, there was an opening. Uh, I lived in Danville. There was an opening for a fundraiser out of the Danville office. Uh, there at, as you know, brother Todd, we keep 27 boys there constantly. Mm-hmm. And, um, I told Libby, I said, she, she said, Sunrise is an awesome organization. I said, really is. I'm going to apply for that job. And, uh, I, and I never will forget it. The, the, the old CEO of Sunrise interviewed me and I said, listen, I'm tired. If you'll leave me alone, I'll raise you some money and just, just give me a little space. Uh, I'll raise you some money and, uh, but I've got some ideas and uh so we we did that but uh but then uh, the fall of 2012 come along and uh, that didn't set well with me uh what was going on and uh, so that just sort of led me into that situation
0: okay and so when when you became president of, of sunrise um there were some challenges that you had to address in that organization as well yeah yes um just for our, our listener standpoint you you live in Sunrise, work every day I, as Kentucky Baptist Convention Executive Director, Treasurer. I know about your work. Take 15, 30 seconds and just tell tell folks, what is Sunrise Children's Services?
2: Well, Sunrise Children's Services, is, 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 as you well know, we're 150, over 150 years old. And uh, uh, started at Walnut Street Baptist Church by four women in a basement that said, we've got to do something with all these orphans. And uh, so at Sunrise, we have five facilities that keep troubled kids that have faced trauma you and I can never imagine. We take care of them 24-7, nursing, okay. feeding them, so on. Uh, we have a dynamic foster care team. Uh, we've we've had uh, over 525 adoptions, uh, many within the past couple of years that has presented wonderful celebrations but wonderful problems in other ways. Sure. Um, We have a family services ministry now that that hurting people hurting families come to us for counseling and therapy uh all by 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 christian folks that 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 do it because they love jesus christ uh and that we have an independent living program for children that are 18 they're aging out of the system and we find them apartments and, and and we start taking them through that that path of life to help them connect and and find ways to be successful as an adult
0: and Sunrise Sunrise provides in in residence care for foster children foster care training and placement services as well as an adoption service absolutely absolutely And, And, and
2: and 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 taking care of those kids having that vision to take care of having a a plan to take care of kids uh, from residential to foster care into independent living and beyond. And Brother Todd, that's important because that that vision allows us to to really treat the symptoms of abuse and trauma, but also give these children a way, hope and future. And the most important thing we keep the finger on them, they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're able to have uh, 60 confessions in the last two years, 60 wow. a year, uh, uh, that, that uh, these kids give the life to Christ. And that's, that's the vision part of it.
0: So, Dale, the primary one of the, there are multiple differences between Sunrise. There are a lot of organizations that lead out in foster care, there are also other in residence centers as well. Um, what would you say in one sentence or two, the primary difference between Sunrise and these other um, noble organizations? Yes. What's the uh, difference?
2: We're cross based We're Christ-centered. And, and, and that's it. Um, you know, our folks believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of that, we do things a little differently. You're going to get served a little differently. You're going to get trained a little differently, um, and so there, like you say, there are plenty of organizations out there doing good help. But we recruit, especially fostering, we recruit from our churches, and that's where we stay.
0: And that's and your the difference. hope. Your hope is the families will appropriately share the gospel um, with the children in their in their care and the children in the homes that are the, that are receiving in residence care. They're they're exposed to the. The story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and you've mentioned 60 professions of faith in, in the last um, several months, and that's that's important to your, your work, and that's not the goal. These other organizations are doing good work. They're caring for children, but when Kentucky Baptists invest in Sunrise, uh, they're providing a good service for children, but they're providing the ultimate service and that these children are are exposed to the gospel, is that fair to say?
2: Well, that is very fair to say. A lot of people don't realize how many pastors we employ, and I, I don't have the exact number, uh, but but uh, we love the Lord, and and you know when I came on board and when I was asked uh, to step in and do some damage control at Sunrise, um, uh, that there, there was thought in the in the business model to go secular. Um, and 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 that may be fine for some people but for me brother todd that's that's just not where this organization needed to be um as i like i've always said the chicago cubs can't be the chicago white Sox. Mm -hmm. you are who you are you can't leave your heritage behind The, the the deal in this is that sunrise as an extension of the kentucky baptist convention is working with the government to help them take care of kids that have faced traumatic experiences and we need the church and government to work together. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and for me, the bigger picture um, is yes, we're going to help many kids, but, but we need to work with the government so that, so that the church is allowed to be the church and the church being allowed to be the church is being proud. That we can talk about the gospel, that we have a Savior that died for our sins, and that's where some of the hope and and prosper comes from. From uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that we can talk about. That we we tell these kids, you have a daddy that believes in you, and and, and that's that's where this is, and that's why I always say, guys, we got to fight the fight. The church has the right to be the church because it's too
0: important. And so Dale, because you are a Christ-centered ministry, and that you you work with believers, your desire is for children is to to have um, Christians who are foster parents and providing foster care. I'm um, I'm understanding there's some there's some folks who would desire to do foster care that wouldn't that wouldn't do it through Sunrise. Is that? Is that also fair?
2: Well, that there are uh, different, as you just spoke, there are many organizations out there that do good good work. And so there are organizations that anyone that wants to foster, they can find an avenue uh, to go foster. Uh, Sunrise is not the best fit for everyone.
0: Right. That's a wonderful way of of saying that. So what are you you seeing God do at at, at Sunrise right now? We're in a difficult time. Churches Uh. are, are having their services in a different way. Um, fundraising is different, probably than it was a few weeks ago. So, what are you seeing the Lord do right now at sunrise?
2: Well, uh, let me tell you. I, I have seen. Of course, we are in crazy times, and and just you know, normally we we would be together. We would be in the same room, and we would we would be doing this, and and so we're in three separate offices uh, with about ten miles in between us. Um, I, I, I have been so encouraged throughout this COVID craziness. Uh, in in how our staff has responded uh, to this crisis. Now, I want you to think about this a minute. We have been deemed an essential business. The governor has said, Sunrise, you gotta stay open. And so we have folks that go into our residential centers every single day and they leave their kids at home and they go to work to take care of kids that are not theirs. And they do it. They do it because they love the Lord and they know they're making a difference. But they are scared to death. They are afraid. I get the emails. Brother Todd, I get the emails. I'm scared. Um, I am proud that our, our folks have stayed the course. They go to work, they go to Kroger, and they go home. And that's been the marching orders. And they have done an exceptional job. They have every right to be afraid. This is, it's a crazy virus. And, and, and we don't have all the details on it. But they have kept their eye on the ball and they have watched these kids. And I'll tell you, um, the old saying, I take a bullet for them, I would, because it is just amazing to see how God has worked in their hearts. Our foster care people, um, our family service people, some are working from home. They've made the use, just like we're doing today with uh, uh, Zoom and, and with Teams and Keeping up with all the contacts and, and with these foster parents and, and putting the kids on through Zoom and showing up in the middle of the night if there is an issue. And and these workers, without exception, every one of them that have emailed me and said, I can't wait to get back to work. I can't mm-hmm. wait uh, to get back to work. And one of the things we've tried to do is to keep everyone safe. But I'm just so proud of, yeah. of, of, of our worker. And I think Kentucky Baptist should be proud of many yeah. Kentucky Baptist working for us that are doing exceptional
0: work. And Dell, I've heard you talk about some really strong gifts and specific donations that have come to Sunrise. The Lord is providing for you all financially. I've heard you share that. But tell me about a recent prayer that you prayed when you came to a place where where you realized uh, fresh, again, how much Sunrise needed needed God to intervene financially on your behalf. Tell us about that prayer.
2: Well, you know, sometimes I I think we're all, especially as men, we're a little proud and we feel like we can do um, we, we feel like the, the prayers of others are maybe more important than ours. And, and that's not right. Uh, every prayer is so important to our, our mighty God. And, and so, uh, yes, we, we, we were at the point we've been having to do over the past couple of years, we've been having to find that sweet spot financially, and it has been really tough. There, there's so much in our world uh, that we can't control. Uh, due to um, how, how the state sets up reimbursement, we have to raise about 30% of, of our entire budget. And it, it takes all, when you talk about all the nurses and all the folks it takes to, to, to take care of these kids that you're required to take care of. um, And, and so it, 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 it was training. And I remember one night last August, and, and I pray every day, but I, I pray setting up, I pray in my car, I pray. But I'm telling you, it had been a while since I've been on my knees and I went to my knees and got my knees bloody one night and I, I, and I was honest. I just said, God, I'm, I'm tired of begging for crumbs when I need a bakery. Mm-hmm. I need your help. And uh, it, it, it was a, it was tough. I got to tell you something. And God, what he has done, the doors he has opened, and what he has done here at Sunrise, it is simply unbelievable. Uh, because if I'm on my knees, I'm trying harder to reach him. And and uh, um, Brother Todd, we have had some gifts that have come in and and they have really helped. And I, I can tell you that, that, that the, the donation piece of Sunrise right now is almost non-existent uh, because of sure. so many people are out of work. Uh, but we continue uh, just, and I think I shared this with you, uh, one of our company partners, a, gr- a great company, uh, Temper Sealy out of Lexington sent us 25000 today and right. going to send us 2500 reusable masks. We're uh, having to order all kinds of PPE equipment for our kids and so on. But um, part of being a leader as a Christian is, and, and is you got to throw away your pride and get to your knees. You got to bloody those needs, brother. And I'm telling you, I, I've,
0: um, Dale, we naturally gravitate toward independence and the Lord's always pulling us into situations that require dependence on, on him. Thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing that story. So take a, take a, about two minutes if you would tell us one of your favorite transformation stories of a life that at sunrise, someone who you've seen their life change through the ministry of sunrise.
2: Well, if you guys, uh, will have ever met, uh, uh, Reuben, uh, Watson, uh, our new, um, uh, African-American recruiter, foster care recruiter, he's going to be doing a number of things, going to be involved in, in African-American churches. Um, I met Ruben at, uh, Emmanuel Baptist church, um, the, the, that I show up and play basketball with a bunch of guys there. We do it three times a week, five thirty in the morning. And, um, uh, one of the guys that watched the front door said, you got a couple new ones coming today. And I said, new ones. I said, we don't need any young punks in here pushing us around. And uh, Reuben happened to be one of them. I never met Reuben. And uh, Big Stout looked like a linebacker. Well, sure enough, he guarded me. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, and we all shake hands and so on. But I pushed him a little bit. I said, don't you be pushing me. I'll push you right back. And he just laughed and so on. Um, Reuben, uh, I, I met him uh, afterwards and he told me the story uh, that he had been in uh, foster care for many years, that he tried to take his own life at the age of eight, that he had been sexual that he had been abused, that, that a number of things. And um, and I asked him, I said, what What changed Ruben, where did the time change? He said, well, there was a place in uh, Middletown uh, called Spring Meadow. Well, wow. And I just smiled. And I said, what year was that? He said, 2004. And he said, I think it's called something different now. He said, as a matter of fact, they told me that the guy that runs the place lives in Danville. And I said, well... I don't know if I run the place, but Reuben, you're one of our kids, and and we hugged right there in their locker room. Mm-hmm. Guys were coming in and thinking, well, they they don't even know each other, and he just cried like a baby. Reuben Reuben's now working for us,
0: yeah. And
2: what a dynamic young person he is, and and uh, just yeah, God it,
0: is blessed. So there's another. The, those are incredible stories, and those provide the fuel that you need to to stay at the work for a long time. Pastors experience the same thing. You know, pastors run on the on the highs of folks being saved, administering to people, of uh, the, the exhilaration of preaching a great sermon, and just the, 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 those things provide help and encouragement. But you guys deal with trauma all the time. You're constantly looking at trauma. You're going into home situations that are characterized uh, by traumatic experiences. You're dealing with children who've had, as you described, Ruben, and the young men in Danville. Things have happened to them. Uh, in most cases, at the hands of their own family members, that no human being ought to have to experience. So, how do you handle it when you're constantly exposed to a high level of trauma? What do you do to keep from being overcome by
2: it? Well, I, I, you know, again, I think it always helps to uh, it always helps to go to the Lord, and uh, you, you you've got to go to prayer. Uh, you you've got to find some 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 things to get your your mind. Uh, off of some of those things you've got to spend time with family you've got to uh you've got to enjoy some special moments you you know you 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 uh, watch a good movie or 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 work out get some exercise do some things like that uh all of our folks i mean all of our frontline folks uh, uh, the things that I experience are different than than our folks that as kids have been locked up for nine weeks uh, some some of our frontline workers are being spat upon and maybe be cursed and so on, and, and, and these kids have just experienced trauma, and that's how they're behaving. And and so we in, we encourage folks to, uh, uh, you know, to take their vac- vacation time to, to talk to co-workers about anything they're feeling and and, and so on. And uh, but you do, uh, you you have to take time and find that sweet spot for yourself.
0: So Dale, thank you for everything you've shared. I want to come back to Sunrise when we get ready to draw to a close in a few minutes, but I want to, I want to hit some leadership lessons. You are a leader. You're the, you're the chief executive officer, the president of um, a large nonprofit organization. You deal with leadership issues all the time. Uh, whos uh, Who's been a role model for you in, in terms of leadership, someone who's in, influenced your life?
2: I've, I've had several. I had, uh, first of all, I, I had, uh, I, I didn't say much about my upbringing, but, uh, um, I was reared by two extremely, extremely strong women. My, my father left us when I was very young and, uh, our grand my grandmother moved in with us and uh, uh, my mom and my grandmother were strong eastern kentucky women they they could play linebacker for the green bay packers <laughs> and uh, but uh, but with that uh, you know every sunday our place was a gathering place uh, I mean, we fed everybody in town. It seemed like, and from the mayor to the sheriff, who was my uncle, and uh, uh, my uncle was a big influence w- with me early on, being the sheriff of, uh, of a small town. Um, as 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 I got, uh, uh, older and so on. And, and in my, my work life, uh, for my first boss at uh, big brothers, big sisters, uh, Ernie Hatfield of the Hatfield and McCoys. Yes. He was from outside. Pikeville. Uh, a simple man, uh, a, a godly man, but a tough, tough man. Um, uh, there's not too many people that could work for him cause he demanded a lot uh, but uh, but it's it's like he said. There's a time for teamwork. It's like the baseball field. He'd say, "There's a time for teamwork when you're in the field, but when you're at the plate, it's time for individual
0: achievement. Well, you got to work
2: as a team, but you got to go out there and do it on your own sometimes too."
0: That's and, outstanding. And, uh, hey Dale, so you don't you don't love to talk about yourself. I've been around you enough to to know that. But if you had to identify a couple of your leadership strengths, and maybe maybe it's something that others have told you. What do you feel like that God's put in you that you bring to the table when it comes to leadership?
2: Well, I, I, I think I'm able to bring people together. Um, and, and that's one of the things that, uh, that, that we needed to do back in 2013, uh, 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 half the board left. Um, uh, we, we, we need to work with our government officials. We need to bring people together and find common ground. Um, I, I i think one of my strengths is being able to empower and inspire people um mm-hmm. and i try to do that by telling stories and i try to tell do that by uh talking about the way that 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 god has uh has impacted my life and and how that leads me to the decisions i make for this ministry i mean people say you' you're you're a transactional uh, leader or you're a transformative leader, um, I think you can be a little of both. And I think in in today's age, you have to be because you have to be flexible, but you always got to have a vision. Um, One of my favorite quotes is from Helen Keller, the only thing worse than being blind is being able to see, but lacking vision. Mm -hmm. And the the vision for us is being able to simply uh, treat these kids through Christ-centered ministries and keeping our hand on them through the whole process.
0: Them, uh, by my observation, one of your one of your strengths. So I'm I'm hearing you're a unifying leader. You're an inspirational leader, and vision is an important part of your work. And so I've been around you enough to know that you're you're also a cheerleader. I I was on a Zoom meeting with you and the staff, some of the staff from Sunrise, and we only had a short period of time for the meeting. And and uh, you you made sure to go around and introduce everybody on your team and brag on them in front of everybody else on the on the team. And that was just very meaningful. It's meaningful to them. It's meaningful to observe it as, as, as well. So every, every leader is a mixed bag of strengths to utilize and weaknesses or challenges to overcome. If there, if there are a couple of weaknesses on your part that you have to compensate for with other staff or, or however you fill that hole, uh, what's, what's a weakness for you in leadership?
2: Uh, I can't please everyone. Not even staff. I mean, I'm not going to be to please everyone all the time.
0: That's Uh, hard for you to not please everyone.
2: Well, it it is. And I'm going to have to make tough decisions. And we've had to make tough decisions. And uh, and uh, and because of that, uh, some folks may get their feelings hurt or uh, so on. We love them. uh, But 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 sometimes we have to make tough decisions. And and that is that is tough on me. It's tough for me to ask for help sometimes, too. And that is a big weakness.
0: One of the biggest challenges for a lot of leaders is the subject of blind spots. That you know how blind spot works in your car—it's an area that you can't see. But if you swerve into that lane, there's a there's a real danger there. And blind spots present a danger. Um, can you think of a blind spot that someone helped you see about yourself that you n- weren't necessarily seeing? Or the other side of the question is how do you try to make sure that you're that those blind spots are covered? Any, anything in that. On that
2: question, well, we, we talked this morning. That certainly your 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 wife will point some of those things out pretty quick to you, uh, because does. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it, that's your best buddy, and so uh, going to be brutally honest with you, and, uh, and and so certainly she she has told me. She says, you know, uh, I need you to check your humility, and I'll say, what do you mean humility? I, I she said because you're trying to do everything by yourself, and so you don't trust people, mm. and she says that 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 may give some people the impression that that uh, you need to check your humility. You need to ask for help, Bubby.
0: It's well, uh, huge. Jill. It, she, I mean, she not only saw the action, but she she saw the issue behind the action to realize that not asking for help is is not a sign of humility. It's a sign of pride. That you, th- you think you can do it, or you don't want to humble yourself and ask someone else to help you do it—that's incredible. So, same same thing for me. Connie provides that that service, and I'm I'm grateful for her and the insight and wisdom that that God has uh, has given her. She's got a lot to work with, a lot of, a lot of challenges. <laughs> there are a lot of block <laughs> spots in my life, you can
2: see. Amen, brother. Uh, you know, it's like the old saying goes: we all married up.
0: Uh, will they- Amen. Dale, any book that's been helpful to you along with the Bible? I know you read the Bible. I've heard yeah. you reference, um, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, John three 16, uh, any, any books, secular or Christian otherwise that have, have been helpful to you in your work and ministry?
2: Well, I, you know, I, I like to read, uh, about history. I got a minor in history and, and, uh, uh, I often like to, to, to read about history to, to, uh, but because everything we do, we're, we're kind of on matchsticks and, and, uh, you know, God has to be there uh, to, to, to if you look at the history of our co- uh, country, uh, reading the book uh, uh, 1776, uh, okay. everything just had to go perfectly for this whole thing to come out. And, and at the end, or our forefathers say, uh, you know, in God we trust. And uh, uh, I mean, look, look at the COVID situation where, we're, where we're, our economy's on matchsticks. And so we're all so fragile. And that's why I like history, because, um, you know, reading some of the books of uh, World War II, how everything had to just go so perfectly um, uh, for us to, to, to get out of that mess. And uh, so um, love history. Uh, I, I love traveling to historical sites. Libby and I got to just before all this broke loose, we got to go to Normandy uh, in, uh, in November. And, uh, man, if you ever get a chance, it is uh, Omaha Beach. You will weep. You will weep.
0: So Dale, you—I've met several of the folks that work with at, at Sunrise, and I know—I know some of them, some outstanding team members that serve there. What are what are two or three traits of a just general traits of a great team member? Someone that is on the team at Sunrise, or someone that you've worked with, and at, at Big Brother, Big Sister, that, well, um, that you'd like to see that multiplied in every in every team member. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, folks that are energetic. Uh, folks that are not afraid to bring ideas to the table, folks that are not afraid to fail, I mean we we, we learn to move forward by failing and, and mm-hmm. we forget that a lot. Um, you know folks that, folks that are encouragers of others and and you don't have to be a, an extrovert to do that. Um, um, folks with good communication skills um, we we try to solve a lot of our problems with text and emails, and I tell you nothing solves a problem like a good old phone call exactly or right. a good or, old
0: face-to-face. Face. Yeah, the, I've, I've read, I don't know the exact number, but most of what we're wanting to communicate cannot come across in a, in a text or an, or an email, and the, the chances of being misunderstood through a, a flat email statement or a flat text statement are greatly increased if that's the only form of communication. We're, we're more likely to try and read motives into someone's email uh, or text, where face-to-face, a lot of that is tamped down. Dale, can we talk a little bit about Sunrise in the last few minutes that we, that we have together? I, I know you always need more foster parents. Let's so do what it. Are, what are some common hurdles for prospective uh, foster parents and how are those hurdles over overcome by you all
2: well well the, the, there are a couple of hurdles uh, obviously there are the a, am I the person am I being called to do this mm-hmm. um, the the only way you can figure that out is is, is continue to pray and then ask questions uh, call and ask questions of of one of our representatives the the other hurdle in foster care um, is that uh, that the, the training takes too long um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to travel. You got to get babysitters and so on. And so, uh, Brother Todd, that that's why we're so excited. If people will go to our website. You'll now see a lot of our trainings online. That doesn't mean we're going to do, it doesn't, we have to do your background check and everything at the end. But you can get started at any time. Um, and, and, and so the, the other hurdle is folks getting over the fear. What have, What have these kids faced? Am I equipped? to work with this. And that's where you got to have faith in the training. And uh, we are therapeutic foster care. And there's a difference because we have therapists that will be assigned to work with you and work your case so we can better help you problem solve. And so those are some of the things that we hear. Uh, training, uh, the fear that I can work with a, a kid that fa- that has faced trauma, uh, and, and and just the time it would take.
0: Okay, so am I called to do foster care? I can only know that by seeking the Lord, talking to other people, kind of getting in, in, involved just to discover it. And then do I have enough time for the training? So with the, with the online resources that you all are wrapping up to aid in, in the training process, uh, how long would it take a, a couple to get through uh, Sunrise's foster training program now?
2: Well, that's 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 up to them. It's 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 you know how much time do you want to take on a Saturday? How much time do you want to take uh, after you get home from work? Uh, typically, it's been uh, you know twelve in person visits. But, but brother Todd, I believe you went through the training and we went through some of it, and and uh,
0: all of it. We went through every class. We did yeah. we did the we did the CPR. We did every and it and, it, and it's extensive. And so when I heard you're doing that, a lot of it's available online. That a, that yeah. a couple could work on it from home. In, in their own time, that's very encouraging.
2: It, it, it well, we feel like uh, we feel like Kentucky Baptist will appreciate it. And even if you just want to educate yourself on, on, on 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 the training process and so on, you can go on. We would welcome you to do that. Now, certainly the CP, uh, CPR and things of that, we would we would do at the tail end of it, uh, uh, background checks and so on, so that we could uh, have those in person. But but while we're all stuck in our homes. And while we're all uh, uh, have time on our hands, uh, I, I know we're still at work, but folks sure. can go online and start that process. And um, what we are hearing, what we are hearing is that when everything opens up, because we, we haven't been taking any additional referrals at Sunrise. And I'll tell you why, because we want to keep our kids safe and we want to keep our, our staff safe. We we want to make sure that we don't bring this COVID uh, in into the situation. But I'm told when this opens up, that there's not been eyes and ears out there uh, for abuse and so on, and that there's going to be so many kids that need help. So what if what if Kentucky Baptist could, could step up and mm-hmm. respond in ways that we could never imagine? And 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 that's the dream portion of it. Um, yeah. What if we could find 100 homes for 100 kids?
0: Yeah. We so – and, and Dale, one of the things that's been very important to you that you've emphasized under your leadership is, is from foster to adoption, uh, finding the permanent home for these these kids that are in foster care. And you've you all have had 500, 600 plus adoptions. Over
2: 525 adoptions and Incredible. and and that is the foster care staff. That is their mission. Their, their mission. They they want to get you in. Obviously, if you just want to foster, that's fine. But in the back of their mind, they are always thinking. We potentially could have a permanent home here, and and, and uh, Vice President Kitty Williams has preached that from day one. Um, we need to find forever homes.
0: That's that Im- that impacts you all in that when a when a when a trained foster family moves to um, adopt, they may no lo- they may no longer be a foster family. They may they may be done with that season, so you have to go and find a replacement. Not only do you need new ones all the time, but you need a replacement for that one as well.
2: Well, and, and, and you know as well as I do by sitting on our board, um, that affects you financially. Sure. Uh, and, and so you've got to go out and you've got to find replacements or you've got to raise the dollars for it. Uh, when you've had almost 200 uh, in, in two and a half years, that really can hit you. And uh, so praise God it's happened. Uh, God provided a way out of that. But, uh, but it's scary as you're going through it uh, well, from I'm that sure. financial side.
0: I'm sure. so uh, on on the adoption, one more question. If a couple is doing foster care through sunrise and they they want to adopt, they feel led to, they're they're able to, uh, what kind of out-of pocket expense are they going to have for the adoption roughly, what does it cost to 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 finish the adoption process through sunrise?
2: Well, uh, and we, we will work with you every step of the way. And uh, so and I can't give you the exact amount, but I will certainly find it. and We'll post it. But I can tell you it's going to be a significantly less than it would be anywhere else, because that's our goal. Well,
0: I uh, heard, Yeah. So, Dale, as we as we come to a close, uh, two more questions. Um, if someone wants to have a, a, a speaker from Sunrise come into their church and talk about the ministry, Ah, uh, they can have that at no charge to the church. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely.
0: How would uh, we'd love to do a it. Speaker? How would they? How would they get a speaker to come in? What What should they do?
2: Well, uh, if if uh, if they would like to request a speaker, just call just call our main number, which is okay. uh,
0: 502-538-1000. 502-538-1000. So um, Brandon might put that number in the in the Facebook comment. Um, Posts for us. So to request a speaker, call 502-538-1000. No charge to the church. You can get them on the no calendar. Charge. They'll come and talk to a small group or a larger group. Also talk about um, potential foster care training if that's if that's important. Last question: How can what can Kentucky Baptists do to better serve Sunrise? So I'll bet I want to give reference to the question: 150 years of ministry together. Kentucky Baptist and, and Sunrise, formerly known as Kentucky Baptist Homes for Children, uh, Kentucky Baptists have shown a great commitment. You receive cooperative program funding. Uh, you're one of the organizations in the state that 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 do lots of Kentucky Baptists financially support, lots of churches financially support the work of of Sunrise. So, how can Kentucky Baptists best serve Sunrise?
2: Kentucky Baptist uh, has well, and this is your organization. That's we're all Kentucky Baptists. This is ours. And so it's ours to take care of, but it's also ours to pray for. So that's number one. Pray for our staff, please. Uh, especially right now, um, we, we, we need prayer warriors uh, all over the state uh, to pray. Um, you know, as we as we come out of this and as we're allowing visitors on our campus and as we're uh, allowing more activity, uh, schedule a church to, to, to come by and take a tour. Um, uh, I, I think once you walk through one of the residential facilities, you get a better understanding of what those kids are going through. Uh, certainly Kentucky Baptist can uh, be the initiators uh, to talk about the need for foster care. Uh, can help us uh, put ourselves in a position to have a uh, to have a forum or a talk in a church to where we could invite other churches um, and and we could have a panel discussion on on the needs um, and, and how we can uh, take ten thousand plus children and find homes for them. Um, Kentucky Baptist uh, can t- can continue to give obviously through the cooperative program and and I said this a few months ago. Um, Kentucky Baptist giving to the local church to give to the cooperative program uh, because this is a partnership. Uh, we're we're so appreciative, uh, uh, Brother Todd, of of having that partnership. One of the reasons we're here today is is uh, that that partnership has worked. Um, we would be in um, we, we we would be in uh, not so good shape if we didn't have that partnership uh, with with uh, the cooperative program. So I I tell churches all the time, please. Uh, give to the cooperative program and I'll go to brother Todd and I'll, I'll, I'll get him off the side and say, brother Todd, I need some more money.
0: So. (laughs) Dale, thank you for the, for the time. So I've heard you say Kentucky babies can pray for the ministry, pray for the staff, visit every, every person ought to visit that Danville facility and see those boys. And and what, and hear some of the the story of what happens there. Or Uh, the girls, the
2: girls, the the girls facility. Yeah
0: promote the work, uh, give financially, and then be open to foster care. Ask if the Lord would have you be involved in foster. Um, I'm with Dale Suttles, president of Sunrise Children's Services. It's been a real pleasure, Dale. Um, I love you. Thank the Lord for you. Kind of the privilege to get to serve alongside of you. I'd like to pray for you as we wrap up. Is that okay?
2: Absolutely.
0: All right, let me pray. Father God, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for Sunrise Children's Services. Thank you that that's your ministry, dear Lord, that you called it into existence. You put it on the heart of those four ladies at at at, uh, Walnut uh, Royal Church, Walnut Baptist Church, Walnut Street Baptist Church. And it's continued all these years. Uh, Father, thank you for calling Dale to serve as the president of that organization. Thank you for how you sanctified him and shaped him to be the leader that Sunrise needs right now, and so we pray. We pray for the staff that you'd protect and watch over them. Pray, Lord, that as they battle burnout and fatigue, that you'd strengthen them. We pray for the finances of Sunrise, that just as you provided $25,000 to this organization, you provided estate uh, giving and, and other ways, that you would continue to uh, lay on the hearts of individuals yes, yes. to give gladly to Sunrise. We pray you'd raise thank up foster you. parents, dear Lord. It's your Holy Spirit. Yes. of the heart of people that there's no greater uh, picture of the gospel than to foster and to adopt a, a child. And, Lord, we pray that you'd open doors for Sunrise to get into churches and to share about the good work that, that is being done there. Uh, Lord, thank you for Dale. Please use him and protect him, and please use and bless and strengthen that ministry. We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you for listening to Leadership Lessons with Dr. Todd Gray. Find past episodes on our website at kybaptist.org slash leadership lessons.